live from our nation's capital, it's the Inside Scoop with Mark Levine. Good afternoon, America. Welcome to the second hour of the Inside Scoop. I hope you found um, the first two nights of the Democratic National Convention inspiring. I certainly did. I'm really looking forward to tonight. We've got President Barack Obama, Vice President Joe Biden, future Vice President Tim Kaine, all speaking tonight. Uh, And by the way, if you really stay up late tonight and you can handle going through all the incredible bias that you're going to see, I'm going to be on Fox News at um, about 1 a.m. Eastern Time, 12 midnight Central Time, 10 a.m. if you're on the West Coast, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, excuse me, p.m. Let me start over. 1 a.m. Central East. One more time. 1 a.m. Eastern Time, midnight Central Time, 11 p.m. Mountain Time, 10 p.m. Pacific Time. You can watch me on Fox News. I, I saw the narrative on Monday when I was on Fox, and it was like they, the people who put that bit together had seen a completely different convention from the one I had seen. Um, I saw a beautiful Monday, incredible, poignant speech by Michelle Obama, frankly, one of the best speeches I've heard The snippets we played, frankly, don't do it justice. It's worth your time, 10 minutes, to hear the entire speech. It brought tears to my eyes. Just talking about the difference between the visions of hate and fear at the Republican National Convention. She didn't even talk about this. She just talked about, well, her and Obama's and Hillary's vision for America. Again, I'm not doing it justice. I'll probably have to play a clip for you later on. But that beautiful speech and Bernie Sanders coming together. Or, you know, we got 90% of Bernie Sanders supporters there. There are a few dead enders that need some time, and I get it. I remember the Hillary Clinton dead enders in 2008, the vast, vast, vast majority of which voted for President Obama. I think the same is true of Sanders supporters. Uh, any real Sanders supporter would never vote for Donald Trump. In fact, that's an impossibility. Um, kind of like the guy I called on, on Fox News, a unicorn eating green cheese on the moon, it just doesn't happen. You can't be a socialist and then vote to make billionaires steal more money from ordinary people. You just, it just, that those two things do not compute. So I thought Monday night was a beautiful night and I was surprised that the coverage, well, I won't say surprised, but let's just say the coverage on the news channel I was on on Fox was not particularly fair to Hillary Clinton. I there, though, to make it better, and you can hear me tonight and tomorrow night, and again, I'll also be on the air on Saturday. They're, they're using me a lot. I want to turn our attention, though, in the second hour to something that I first brought up on Fox last Saturday, which is Putin's connection, the Russian dictator's connection, the Russian government, the Russian intelligence service connection to the hacked emails. So security experts on all sides say they believe That Russian intelligence, the KGB, now probably has a new name, is determined to get Trump elected because they're the ones who are cracking into those emails and disclosing them. And they didn't find much. 
they really didn't find much at all. I know some Bernie Sanders supporters got really angry that a couple of people at the Democratic National Committee were in private emails saying things that weren't favorable to Bernie. None of it was action. None of the voting was rigged. None of it changed anything. Uh, there were a couple bad ideas that weren't taken. But, you know, private people behind talking and insulting political candidates, if you haven't heard that, then you've never talked with anyone about politics before. Um, it's really a mountain made out of a molehill. But the reason why the mountain was made is far more important. Vladimir Putin, the dictator of Russia, has designs on recreating the Soviet Union. He has said so. And if you don't believe him, well, you need to listen up. Just like Hitler announced his tendencies before he became Fuhrer, Vladimir Putin says he wants to recreate the Soviet Union. To do that, he's got to recreate, conquer Ukraine. He's already started on that. He's got to conquer Georgia. He's already started on that. He's got to take the Baltic states, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia, that are part of NATO, which will never happen unless the United States abandons its allies, which was unheard of until Donald Trump said, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd abandon our NATO allies if they, they didn't pay their bills. You know the biggest ally who hasn't paid their bills? The United Kingdom. <laughs> Great Britain. We'll just abandon Great Britain. They haven't paid 2%. He doesn't know what he's talking about, obviously. But Vladimir Putin wants someone who doesn't know what, what he's talking about. Donald Trump, if you didn't catch this today made an extraordinary request of the Russian dictator. He asked Vladimir Putin to intervene in the American elections. He asked the KGB, the Russian Espionage Service, the spy agency, the most dangerous foe of America, to spy on Hillary Clinton, to report her emails, to help him in the election. Now, in 220, 240 years of American history, I cannot recall a single American official calling on a foreign power to intervene and to harm America, to break our laws, to commit espionage. The last example I can think of occurred... 240 years ago when Benedict Arnold, then general of the Revolutionary Army, started working with the then enemy English to betray his country. But since Benedict Arnold, I can't think of any time when anyone of significant power in the U.S. government, much less the President of the United States, has ever caused or called upon a foreign enemy to commit espionage and break U.S. laws just so he can win an election. I could see perhaps Mussolini doing this. I could see certain Latin American dictators doing this. But this is unheard of. I, let, listen closely to Donald Trump in the interview he gave today. 235 days, no news conference for Hillary Clinton. You ought to check it out, because there's a lot going on. How does Hillary Clinton get a national security briefing when she's been probably hacked, when so much of her information, the director of the FBI, said it was essentially negligent? If Russia or China or any other country has those emails, I mean, to be honest with you, I'd love to see them. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 
emails that are missing. Russia, if you're I listening. I think you will probably be rewarded mightily by our press. You'll be rewarded. You know, the closest I came to Russia, I bought a house a number of years ago in Palm Beach, Florida. Palm Beach is a very expensive place. It was a man who went bankrupt. And I bought the house for $40 million. And I sold it to a Russian for $100 million, including brokerage commissions. I have nothing to do with Russia. I said that, I said that Putin has much better leadership qualities than Obama, but who doesn't know that? I'll release them when the audit's completed. Nobody would release when it's under audit. I've had audits for 15 or 16 years. Every year I have a routine audit. Under audit, when the audit's complete, I'll release them. But zero, I mean, I will tell you right now, zero. I have nothing to do with Russia. Okay, that isn't really the clip I wanted to play because it's snippets. I want you to hear the full exchange back and forth between him and the press when they say to him, because he just said, Russia, if you're listening, I want you to commit espionage. I want you, if you have committed espionage, to disclose the results of your espionage, even though it's illegal. And even though I don't want you to hack me, I want you to illegally break U.S. law, commit treason, go into Hillary Clinton's private emails, if you can, and disclose them to embarrass her so I can win an election. Has a president ever called upon a foreign enemy? to break U.S. law in order to win an election before? I can't think of an example. Let's play an extended back and forth between him and the press on this exact point. It's up to the president. Let the president talk to him. Look, here's the problem. Here's the problem, Katie. Katie, here's the problem. Very simple. He has no respect. You said I'd welcome them to find Well, we probably have them. I'd like to have them released. No, nope, gives me no pause. If they have them, they have them. We might as well find Hey, you know what gives me more pause? That a person in our government, crooked Hillary Clinton, here's what gives me more, be quiet, I know you want to, you know, save her, that a person in our government, Katie, would delete or get rid of 33,000 emails. That gives me a big problem. After she gets a subpoena, she gets subpoenaed. And she gets rid of 33,000 emails? That gives me a problem. Now, if Russia or China or any other country has those emails, I mean, to be honest with you, I'd love to see him. He'd love to see him. Wait, play on. Finish the rest of that clip. Oh, did, uh, did the point where he said be quiet, was that in there? Oh, all right. I'm sorry. I, I missed it. So, yeah. So, yeah, he's telling the reporter to be quiet. By the way, he's already said that he won't give interviews to any reporter uh, who gives critical interviews of him, including the entire Washington Post. Can you imagine if Richard Nixon said in Watergate? Yeah, I'm, I'm not giving interviews to the Washington Post. They've been critical of me in Watergate. In any case, does that not give you pause? And th- that's my question for you, folks. Does it give you pause? That Donald Trump is willing to work with America's greatest enemies if they can find a way to embarrass a political opponent. Does that give you pause? It's a fair question. Doesn't bother Donald Trump. Now, if someone were disclosing his private emails, heck, he won't even disclose his tax returns. Right? Someone, Russia could hack his tax returns. Should they be turned over? I think we have a right to know what Donald Trump's tax returns are. But I don't believe in hacking into his the IRS and finding them out. I think we have a right to know what Donald Trump's business is with Russia. But I don't think we have a right to hack into his private emails. 
Does it give you pause that Donald Trump is encouraging America's greatest enemy to commit espionage to help him win an election against Hillary Clinton? Does that give you pause? 888-48-MARK. 888-48-6275. I'd love to know what you think. We'll be right back right after this. He's a Bible-quoting, Constitution-loving, flag-waving, red-blooded, liberal American. He's Mark Levine. Give him a call now at 888-488-MARK. That's 888-488-6275. And now, the voice of reason in an unreasonable world, Mark Levine. Welcome back to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine. Donald Trump calling on Russian dictator Vladimir Putin to commit espionage against Hillary Clinton and to disclose things so that he can get an unfair advantage against her in the political race. Apparently doesn't give Donald Trump pause. That was the question. Does it give you pause? Trump tried to shove the reporter. Her words got through and he said, no, it doesn't give me pause. I would always ask a dictator enemy of the United States to commit enemy to commit espionage against the United States when it would harm my political opponents. That's just what I do, I guess. Well, I asked if it gave you pause and Aaron from Charlottesville, line one, said it doesn't. Aaron, explain your view to me. Yeah, I'm not concerned about what Donald Trump said. I don't think Donald Trump is calling for Russian government to he just said he did. He just he just did. He said, Russians, if you're listening, I want you to go in and release any emails from Hillary Clinton you've hacked. That's what he just said. If you have them, release them. He's not right. telling them to commit anything. Just release the information you have. Right. Do you think that's a, a fair question? Okay, so in other words, let's just say, oh, I don't know, um, uh, China steals our nuclear codes uh, if it can harm a political opponent, yeah, just just release those. What? Well, what? Why do you think that Vladimir Putin should commit espionage against the United States? Why do you think that's a good thing? He's not calling on them to commit anything. He's just wanting them to release any information they may have, including information they illegally obtained by breaking U.S. laws and hacking into servers. He's saying, if you've committed espionage, I want to profit from it. Please, please show us. That's what he's saying, right? Well, he didn't say that at all. He just said he wants to see that information because she deleted the emails. Uh-huh. You know, well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Should the United States government, which has more power than the Russian government, should we hack into Donald Trump's emails and disclose those? Should we hack? No, we shouldn't. We should set a higher standard for ourselves. Okay, well, well no, wait a minute, wait a minute. The IRS knows what's in Donald Trump's taxes. We don't have to do any hacking. Should the IRS, it's against U.S. law, but should the IRS release Donald Trump's uh, returns, even though it's against U.S. law, just to make him look bad? No, because the IRS and the Russian government are two different entities. Right, so it's okay if Vladimir Putin breaks U.S. laws and commits espionage and releases it to attack Hillary Clinton, but it's not okay if the United States government does it. You're fine with that. You're fine with Donald Trump calling on our enemies to break U.S. law and commit espionage to harm his political opponents. You're fine with that. And that's, that's really not what he said. He's saying if you have that information, why don't you make it public? Whether or not it hurts Hillary Clinton is going to be determined by what she deleted and by what information. Well, they why, why should emails be private at all? 
Why don't we just disclose all of Donald Trump's emails? Well, she's a public servant. She's a, she was the uh, right, right. Well, Donald Trump's running for president, so the IRS should just disclose. The, you know, all you have to do is ask the Russians to hack into the IRS and disclose his tax returns. They may have already done it. Who knows? They might have done. How, do you see that you have a clear double standard? First of all, I don't know why you support espionage. Second of all, I don't know why you're encouraging our dictators. Hey, Mark, I was saying about supporting espionage. Do you support the Russians hacking the DNC emails? Do you support that? Do you, the Russians' intelligence hacked the DNC emails. Did you support that? You think it was a good idea? It's against U.S. law. No, I don't think it's a good idea. Okay, so but you don't think it's a good idea, idea, but it should be released. You think it should be released? Well, if there's nothing in there that's going to harm Hillary Clinton, what are they afraid of? Well, if Donald Trump has nothing in his taxes, what's he afraid of? Do you understand there's a right to privacy in America? Yeah, but what I'm talking How about all your emails? You want every one of them to be disclosed? You know what? Russians aren't Americans. What's that? They're not Americans. You just said the Americans have a right to privacy. I agree with that. The Russians are not Americans. The Russians are... And you are okay with encouraging Russians. You want to encourage Russians. Hey, Mark, aren't you concerned they may have hacked and gained some top-secret information? I I am. I am concerned, but you're encouraging it. I'm against it. That's where we differ. Don't you see that when you disclose embarrassing information or what you think is embarrassing, frankly, I didn't find anything in DNC emails that I thought was particularly embarrassing, but don't you see that when you encourage a foreign power to hack into American private servers, which is illegal, is an act of espionage, it is treason, that when you encourage a foreign dictator to commit treason, to harm your political opponents, that's a a problem. I encourage that. All I'm saying is that they've probably already done it. That's what Trump is saying. And if they've done it, just release that information. Whether or not it hurts Hillary Clinton is on Hillary because... That it's on Hillary. That is amazing to me, Aaron. Aaron, I got to take a break. I, I, I'm truly shocked that our political powers have gotten so bad that people are calling on treason. Wow. There's a man who leads a life of danger. Everyone he meets, he stays a stranger. Every move he makes, another chance he takes. Odds are he won't live to see tomorrow. Secret agent man, secret agent man. They've given you a number and taken away your name. Secret agent man spying on you. There used to be a time when Republicans, or at least Libertarian Republicans, there used to be a time, this is Mark Levine, by the way, welcome back to the Inside Scoop. There used to be a time when Republicans cared about the right to privacy. I remember Ron Paul being very upset when George Bush started spying on hundreds of millions of American emails getting what they called metadata, finding out who we wrote to, finding out phone calls, every phone call we made, who, who we called. is supposedly to protect national security, but people who care about the Constitution, care about the Fourth Amendment, recognize you need a warrant. 
in order to spy on people. You have to have probable cause, at least someone committed a crime, to spy on people. So under the Republican regime, the government was spying on us. Stopped when Barack Obama became president, largely. There's still some problems. I still think, frankly, we need more privacy. But now something amazing has happened. The Republican candidate for president of the United States has said that Russia and its dictator, Vladimir Putin, that they should disclose emails that they've hacked. Now, they already have to some extent. Julian Assange, who hates America, frankly, who's anti-Semitic, hates Jews, someone who's this really reclusive figure who's wanted for rape in Sweden, who's a big supporter of Vladimir Putin, has disclosed these things to embarrass Hillary Clinton to try to make Donald Trump president. And I've talked in the past about why they would do this. Donald Trump has said he would abandon NATO. Donald Trump has said that he doesn't really care if Russia invades another country. So I understand why Putin wants Trump to win. I get it. But until today, I thought Putin did this on his own. I thought, well, the Russians support Donald Trump. Donald Trump supports the Russians. Donald Trump's campaign manager supports the Ukrainian dictator, who was Putin's puppet. So Donald Trump has an authoritarian sensibility. He doesn't believe much in democratic freedoms. Vladimir Putin doesn't believe in democratic freedoms. They both want to stifle the press. They have a lot in common. They're bros. Okay? I get it. Putin wants Trump to be in power also because Hillary Clinton has been very tough on the Russians. She was tough on the Russians in Ukraine. She was tough on the Russians when they started helping the dictator Syria commit genocide against hundreds of thousands of innocent Syrians. Vladimir Putin knows that with Hillary Clinton in power, there's not much bad stuff he could do. She'd be watching him every moment. But but he knows that Donald Trump's an idiot. He knows if he compliments Donald Trump, Donald Trump will give him whatever he wants. I get why Putin wants Trump to be president. That's not an issue. And I get why the Russians are trying to commit espionage and release hacked emails to try to make Trump president. I get that. But not until today did I have reason to believe that Donald Trump was encouraging it. Right? Donald Trump's friendly with Putin. Donald Trump supports Russian dictatorship. I get all that. But I never heard... Donald Trump ask Putin to commit espionage or to use the results of espionage to help him win the presidency. There was no evidence of that. If that were in some private letter and it were exposed, there would be a massive controversy. There's a famous letter in American history called the Zimmerman letter. And the Zimmerman letter was a letter from a um, German foreign office in 1917 when America was deciding whether or not to enter World War I. And that letter proposed that Germany and Mexico create a military alliance against the United States. This internal suggestion was exposed and largely caused the United States to enter into World War I. It was that serious. It was that serious for our enemies to suggest an alliance against us. 
But when Donald Trump suggests allying with Vladimir Putin in order to help Trump win the election, and, and just think about the quid pro quo here, right? Putin commits espionage, breaks U.S. law, searches for anything possibly he can find embarrassing about Hillary Clinton. And by the way, there's so much embarrassing in Donald Trump. Imagine if someone were hacked into his emails, which I don't support, by the way. Just be very clear about that. I don't support doing that. But let's not pretend that a couple bad emails from Hillary has anything to do with the thousands and thousands, I'm sure, of bad stuff that Donald Trump's done, given his history, which we've talked about and we'll talk about again. But if someone were to accuse Donald Trump of conspiring with Vladimir Putin in a quid pro quo to win the election, you'd accuse me or anyone else who said that of some wild conspiracy theory. There was no evidence of it. And there was evidence that Putin did it. There was evidence that Russian intelligence did it. There's evidence that Putin wants Trump to win. And you kind of put two and two together. But there was no evidence that Trump was behind it until now. Trump didn't secretly request Putin help him win the election by committing espionage. He openly requested it. You just heard him in the press conference today say, Russians, if you're listening, Russians, if you're listening, I need your help. I need you to commit espionage to help me win this election. idiot. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what that means for America. That we might elect a president who conspires with foreign dictators to harm his political opponents. Let me remind you, by the way, what happened in 1973 at an office park called Watergate in Washington, D.C. Richard Nixon authorized a burglary into DNC headquarters to look at their files. He authorized a hacking. Now, in those days, you had to break in to look into the files. Today, you break cyber barriers rather than locked doors. Now, Richard Nixon didn't ask a foreign dictator to do it. Frankly, he did something better. He asked Americans to do it. I don't know. It seems worse to me when our foreign enemy is if you're gonna commit treason if you're gonna break the law to harm your political opponents at least don't give a data out to our enemies right i would argue that what donald trump is doing is less excuse me is more offensive than what richard nixon did all richard nixon did was hack into his opponent's private data that's all he did but donald trump is encouraging foreign dictators who are sworn in the United States to do a Watergate break-in. He's asking them to do so, and he's doing it publicly because he knows that his own party, that today's Republican Party, those that are still with Trump, hate Hillary more than they love their country. I want you to think about this. People who support Donald Trump hate America, love Putin, Believe in Russian espionage and the KGB and have more loyalty to the KGB as long as the KGB harms Hillary Clinton. They're not only just willing to break U.S. law to harm Hillary Clinton. They're willing to engage with foreign enemy dictators 
to break U.S. law, to harm Hillary Clinton. It's bad enough when Donald Trump hires a campaign manager who used to work for Putin's puppet, the dictator of Ukraine, calling on Russia to commit espionage, calling on Russia to use the results of espionage they may have already committed in order to harm his political opponent. Richard Nixon wanted to harm his political opponents too. That's why he hacked into DNC files. He was looking for anything he could find there that was negative. What did they find? They found that Daniel Ellsberg, the author of the Pentagon Papers, used a psychiatrist. Oh, no. Used it against him. Because you know what? We all have things that we don't want to be disclosed. They're not that big a deal. I don't think the fact that one DNC staffer called one supporter of Bernie Sanders a Bernie bro is a huge problem. But there are things that we say in private that we don't want said in public. I dare say that's true of all humanity. I'm sure that's true of Donald Trump. It's bad enough to hack into emails. It's bad enough to break into the Watergate. Some say Nixon didn't order the the Watergate burglary. He just ordered it covered up. Is it okay if it's done in the open? Is it okay if Donald Trump openly says, hey, Russia, commit espionage? I need help against Hillary Clinton. Does that make it okay? 888-48-MARK, 888-48-6275. Felix in New Mexico on line one. Welcome to the show. Hi, uh, Mark. I think I spoke to you before. I'm a U.S. citizen from Sri Lanka. I was shocked about the previous caller. Yeah, it is shocking. I'm a Bernie supporter, but I'm registered independent, and I had to call you. And uh, I was shocked regarding the previous caller. I think... You know, I, I wasn't born in this country, and forgive me for my accent if you don't understand me. But no, listen, I that's what America is all about, is bringing yeah. people from all over the, the world to yep. become American I, I citizens. Love, I love this country, and I was born in Sri Lanka, and I'm a Bernie supporter, but I will um, vote for Hillary. But I, I want the American people to listen to me, somebody coming from outside, though. And um, I love this country, and... You know, and when I think of the Supreme Court and the future of this country, and I'm willing to vote for Hillary, but I'm, I, I hope and pray that uh, Bernie supporters and the American people will take this election very seriously, though. Let me say something, Felix. Yes. You may have been born in Sri Lanka. You may have an accent. Right. But you are more loyal to the United States of America. You are a greater patriot oh, I love than the country. person who called in from Charlottesville, Virginia who is willing to let foreign dictators commit espionage if it helps them politically. We should never be using foreign powers. They shouldn't be meddling in our elections at all. Mark, you're a lawyer, right? Yes, I am. Okay, I have a question. I mean, (laughs) I hope I'm speaking with the freedom of the speech, though. If I say that, will will I get a call from FBI? You know, um, no, I don't think Aaron, uh, who called in before, will get a call from the FBI, and I no, don't no, think no, you will I'm either. No, no, but you free to say that to, uh, to, uh, for, uh, to say things like that. To well, you can, you can say, well, you know, Donald Trump just did, and I don't think yeah. he's going to get a call from the FBI. He yeah, called. but why, 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 why the government won't investigate that guy, though? You know, it, I, it's a fair question. I, I hadn't really thought of it. 
Felix. Um, I think someone could say it was just empty rhetoric, but he just said, Russians, if you are listening, okay, I want you to break much. U.S. law. Help me out here. I'm a simple citizen in this country. Yeah. You know? If I say that in public, I'm sure people will scream at me, though. You know, Felix, you make a really good point. And I just want to thank you for bringing it up because I hadn't thought about the fact. If you <laughs> call on a foreign leader to commit right. espionage, and by the way, right. there's no distinction between hacking and disclosing what you've hacked, it's all part of the same right. act. If you call on a foreign leader to meddle in our elections and commit espionage, is that breaking the law? That is a fair question. And I think that's it's right. one. That's right. I think that we need, maybe need to open a Justice Department investigation into whether or not so Donald what, Trump what is I, committing what treason. What I'm telling you, Mark, is this, though. Um, I, I repeat this again. and I, I love this country, though. A lot of people think that a lot of people come here for money. No, it's the freedom that I, I enjoy. I have a son who is deaf, and um, I, I'm free to go anywhere, not like in Sri Lanka. If I say here something negative, and I don't have nothing to worry about. My, my question to you is this, though. It's a double standard for those who have money, that they can say anything they want. For a person like that says something, oh boy, I will be investigated, though. Uh, you know what? You yes. may be right. Are you a naturalized American citizen, Felix? Yes, I'm very proud to be well, a then, citizen. Then you know what? That, then it seems to me that you are an American citizen. Donald yes. Trump is an American citizen. I don't but, care whether you're born here or naturalized here. The Constitution says that we all have equal protection under the law. Right. If they investigate no. you no. and they my, don't my, investigate my. Donald Trump, that to me is a violation of our Constitution and it's wrong. No, what I'm telling you, Mark, is this, though. We have to be fair, though, when you criticize people, though. When I said, if I said something like this, say, um, uh, Putin should um, uh, hack Commit into espionage. the DNC, whatever right. it is, right. and then Somebody might call the law enforcement and say, hey, you know what? This guy is saying this. I bet you I will get a call from law, law it's a, enforcement. It's a fair point, Felix, and I really appreciate your calling yep. it and bringing it and up. I, I want you to know I listen to you very often when I drive. Keep listening. But, uh, yeah, but, but the reason I call you because I, I don't very often call. But on this one, I had to call. You know why, Mark? Why? I love this country, though. I understand. Felix, thank you yeah. for calling in. I yeah. appreciate thanks, it so much. Thanks for your service, and God bless you, and take care. Bye-bye. God bless you. Thank you so much. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we got the Talk Reader News Service. I want to know what they think. Has Donald Trump, should he be investigated for treason? 888-48-MARK. Live from our nation's capital, it's the Inside Scoop with Mark Levine. or a tendency to lash out, you need to be steady. Understands that the issues a president faces are not black and white and cannot be boiled down to 140 characters. Look, because... Because when, when you have the nuclear codes at your fingertips, and the military in your command. You can't make snap decisions. You, you can't have a thin skin or a tendency to lash out. You need to be steady and measured and well-informed. 
president with a record of public service, someone whose life's work shows our children that we don't chase fame and fortune for ourselves. We fight to give everyone a chance to succeed. And, and we give back even when we're struggling ourselves because we know that there is always someone worse off. And there, but for the grace of God, go I. I want a president who will teach our children that everyone in this country matters. A president who truly believes in the vision that our founders put forth all those years ago, that we are all created equal, each a beloved part of the great American story. And when crisis hits, we don't turn against each other. No, we, we listen to each other. We lean on each other because we are always stronger together. That, of course, is uh, Michelle Obama speaking on Monday. And what I think, well, I know I conclude, but I would say virtually everyone concludes is and was so far the best speech of the Democratic National Convention. It's, it's only, it's less than 15 minutes long. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Be ready to be inspired. I don't know whether this country will let hate and fear and division and internal dissension and a guy who thinks a lot of himself. Trump, pardon the uh, intended pun, Trump, a woman who every day of her life gets up and thinks about how to make America better. Someone who knows the details do matter and knows the details and understands the details. Someone who listens when people come to her with needs. If you heard Bill Clinton's speech, you know all that well, all that Hillary Clinton has done for 40, 50 years now to make a difference in American lives. See, I think the best way to judge a candidate is when they're not on camera. To judge what they're doing in neighborhoods like Hillary did in Arkansas and Illinois and Massachusetts and in New York, what she did at Yale Law School, what she did for the Children's Defense Fund, what she did in trying to stop discrimination, what she did in foreign countries. What has her opponent done? What is his program? I just to me it's night and day. I'd like to know what your thoughts are on the Democratic Convention of the Choice Ahead of Us. Eight 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 four eight Mark, eight 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 four eight six two seven five. Shelley in Virginia on line one. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Mark. Um I like what you have to say in terms of uh watching Michelle Obama's speech and thinking that was the best speech as well as your observations about, you know, asking the question of what Hillary has done versus what Donald Trump has done. And I think, um, I guess I come from a little different perspective. Um, When I watched Michelle Obama, the reason that it was so powerful is because I felt her. I felt what she was saying. I wasn't necessarily listening 
word for word, but I felt her, and it was authentic. And almost every other speaker that has come on, they have a powerful message, a personal story that if you just looked at them and really felt them human being to human being, you would be moved. So for me, I look at the other side, well, it's not even a judgment because I come from a place where I believe that every human being on this planet operates the same way. We operate because we all have a thinking mind. You know, we gather our impressions about the world and we form thoughts and, and then really strong belief systems. And we also have feelings that are sort of created from the habitual thinking that we do, and then we act on it. So it creates a state of mind and an action out of that. But Shelley, what and happens when, at- when people's emotions trump their logic? I mean, Donald Trump is appealing to the amygdala, right? The part of the brain, the hate and fear part of the brain. And that's a very powerful flight or you know, fight or flight response that's in all mammals. And he seems to go around our, our logic and our beautifully funded minds. I mean, I admit, um, Michelle Obama appeals to the heart as well. I mean, she's appealing to emotion as well. But at least she's appealing to love, not hate. But what? Well, how do you fight hate if logic doesn't work? That's my question for you. So, so here's my thing. I think that really we can't make sense over. I think our problem is is so many people are using words. We get bombarded with words from the media, and everybody trying to intellectually figure out what's going on. And the truth of it is, if you just look at Donald Trump and his actions. To me, it speaks to his state of mind. And that state of mind, I mean, is contaminated with a lot of fear, a lot of hate, a lot of insecurity. And then personally, he speaks to that. And when somebody listening to those cues hears the same thing and it triggers those same feelings and thoughts within people around the world, tapping into their fears of what's going to happen in the future or hate from, you know, some experience they had. And then they're sort of on the same page. But, but Shelly, let me me just get you, I guess, to, to the heart, which is I agree with your diagnosis. I agree with the problem. I agree that he's going around logic and appealing to fear and hate. My question for you is, yeah. and, and if you don't have an answer, that's fine. I'm not expecting you to, to necessarily have one. But what do you think is the, the solution? How do we get around someone who appeals to hate and fear? I mean, one could say, you know, in, in the 1930s, there were people who appealed to hate and fear and succeeded. How do you... How do you blunt that message? I don't know if you have a view on that. The solution, not just yeah, the problem. Yeah, I do. It, it's, it's from a personal thing. My life has been uh, full of really difficult experiences and also really empowering ones. And so I look at the world as a mirror. And when I listen to the voices in my head, those messages about the difficult times, I get in a really bad place. So I have to admit, when I looked at Hillary listening to the words, I saw a very 
guarded person, a strong woman, but really like, hmm, what's that about? Is she not trustworthy? And and then my husband said to me, you know, you're a lot, you're a lot like her. And hmm. and then I looked at her as the mirror, like, how does she reflect me? And I thought about herself as me or myself as her. And it was so powerful and interesting because I looked at her as far as the whole email scandal, right? Mm-hmm. And I went, you know, in my life, I'm a mother, I'm a woman, uh, I've raised five children, I was a full-time homemaker, businesswoman, and student while having my kids. And all I did was multitask. I had to manage a lot, and I had to get every job done, mm-hmm. right? We sure. couldn't not pay attention to my kids, or I couldn't neglect my business or school responsibilities. And so what did I do? I just made sure the job got done, you know? And, I and you didn't look for fame or fortune or, or anyone no, to praise you for it. No, and, and, just, it and did you ever notice, needed, as you get the job done, Shelley, did you ever look yeah, at someone else? I needed to be effective and not look back. And Hillary, when I think in terms of these emails, if I'm looking at myself and extending that to to her as a woman, as a multitasker, as a mother, as a, a person holding office, she worked within an ineffective system, one that wasn't working, that was behind the times you know, in terms of what they needed to do. And so she made choices to get the job done and do it effectively. So when people look out, I think they use a lot of judgment, you know. They they judge her. She's this or she's that. Well, guess what? She's had to put up barriers to guard herself against 30 years of people beating her up a vast right-wing conspiracy which which let's face it has been out to get her ever since she first proposed that every american get health care because if you give every american health care that lessens the profits of drug companies and others that profit from the well the 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 the, the highest cost health care in the world and so she was out to get them. I mean, she was out to help people and save lives, but she was going to hurt corporate profits. And they started turning on her, and they've been turning on her for 30 years now. Right. And so I guess for me, here's, here's my solution for myself. And I think that it extends to everyone. Look at the world as you would see yourself, you know? And ask yourself every moment of every day, are you in service to yourself or are you in service to others and and our world? And and that's the heart of the difference. That is the heart of the difference between Hillary Clinton and and Donald Trump. You know what, Shelley? So if if the American people look apples to apples, how Hillary was in service to herself and line it up year for year what she was doing and what Donald was doing, Bam. I think people will see service to You've self got it, Shelley. You've got others. it. You've got it. 
You've got it. That's exactly the difference right there. Who was serving others and who was serving himself? Just ask that question. And do you want a president who is looking out for people all across America and trying to make their lives better? Or do you want a president that's doing everything he can to manipulate his position to service himself? And just ask that question. Just ask that question, and you've got it. Thanks, Shelly. Yeah, I can. i got to take a break, though, Shelly. All right? If you want to stay on, stay with me. i got to take a break. 888-48-MARK, 888-48-6275. Right back after this. Wow, great comment, Shelly. Great. He's a Fulbright scholar, and he speaks French, but he couldn't tell you who won the Super Bowl. It's Mark Levine. Give him a call now at 888-488-MARK. That's 888-488-6275. Who says nerds can't be fun? It's Mark Levine. Welcome back to Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine, talking about the Democratic National Convention. The question of whether Donald Trump committed treason when he asked Vladimir Putin to commit espionage to help him fight Hillary Clinton and all other things going on. I, I, I've really enjoyed the convention. I think it's going to lead Hillary to have a bump in the polls. I think tonight is going to be fantastic with President Obama and Joe Biden. Uh, and I think um, uh, I think Vice President, the next Vice President, Tim Kaine, is going to be speaking. And then, of course, Hillary Clinton tomorrow will be fantastic. It's, I just can't think of an election. And I'm including 08, where I, God knows, supported Obama over McCain. But John McCain, even though I definitely supported Obama, was not an enemy of America. I mean, he was a war hero. I disagree with him. But this was a man to be respected. Donald Trump calling on our enemies to commit espionage? It's like a Tom Clancy novel. But since Benedict Arnold, I can't think of a more treasonous thing. Even Richard Nixon, when he decided to hack the DNC, at least used Americans to do it. 888-48-MARK, 888-48-6275. Let's go to Old Faithful, Michael from the Bronx on line two. Hey, Michael, how are you? Hey, hey, Mark. Great to talk with you. You know, um, regarding the DNC, I'd like to take you to another angle. First, to answer, first of all, before I go to that angle, to answer your question, yes, it's espionage, it's treason. I would even think if you wanted the right-wing terminology of cow-towering with terrorists, there you go right there. Donald Trump with Russians terrorizing our security systems and hacking into our uh, computers. It is amazing. We want, you know, yeah. we, we want the president to protect us from foreign dictators and cyber hacking, and this guy's encouraging it? It's, 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 again, it wouldn't be believable except that it just happened. If Saturday Night Live made it up, everyone would say, yeah, well, that, that doesn't, that's not even, it doesn't make sense. But uh, you know something? You know something else is that, you know, this guy, Trump, I don't even think, and I think President Obama hit the nail on the head, that he has any idea of what the job entails of being president. No, I I don't think he has a clue. But he's getting confused between being a president and being a godforsaken dictator. 
dictator, emperor, think he can do whatever he wants, and he's untouchable. This is turning to like a mafia organized crime thing. Yeah, yeah. But it, reason- it, when you think about his reality show, uh, it was all about Donald Trump being in charge in the boardroom, and you're fired, and it was all this sort of you know made for TV movie. But Donald Trump needs to understand this is reality. That the president makes real decisions. This isn't a game, and, and I, I don't think he gets it. Affect, and it's decisions that affect us, the people. But let me tell you why I was calling in. The thing is, I need to inform you and everybody that yours truly, Michael S. W. from New York City, had it out with a conservative talk show host on his show. I tell you, Michael, I want to hear the details of it, but we got to take a break. You know how that is. When we come back, you can you can glorify us with your uh, fights on conservative talk radio. 888-48-MARK if you want to join in this discussion. 888-488-6275. We'll be right back right after this. The aggressive progressive Mark Levine. Welcome back to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine. You know, this isn't the first time Donald Trump has asked hackers from anywhere, I guess, to break U.S. law and to get involved in things to help him in politics. He asked hackers two years ago to look into where Obama was born. Of course, Obama was born in the United States. He was born in Hawaii. The birth certificate showed that. Short form, long form, all forms. But the fact that he's now asking Vladimir Putin to disclose hacked emails if they harm Hillary Clinton actually goes one step further. And former CIA director Leon Panetta has commented on it. It's interesting because he's going to talk tonight. I wonder if he'll change his remarks at the DNC. We'll be looking for that. Listen to this short clip of what he told Christian Amanpour of CNN. I find those kinds of statements to be uh, totally outrageous uh, because uh, you've got now a, a presidential candidate uh, who is, uh, in fact, uh, asking uh, the Russians uh, to uh, engage in American politics. Uh, and I, I just think that uh, that's beyond the pale. Uh, there are a lot of concerns I have with uh, uh, his qualities uh, of leadership or lack thereof. Uh, and I think that kind of statement only reflects the fact that uh, he truly is not qualified to be president of the United States. And that's putting it lightly, right? I mean, uh, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I can't recall a time in all of American history when we called upon foreign powers to intervene in our elections. I'm, I'm trying to think back. There's Benedict Arnold. Right. He did that. He is the famous traitor in American history. There was a time during the Civil War, I know, when the Confederate South urged England and France to come in on their side. But a political election. Just look at what happens when the United States is accused, sometimes rightly, sometimes wrongly, of intervening in other countries, political elections. But now Donald Trump wants not our friends, England, Canada, even that's bad. But not our friends to intervene in our election, but our greatest enemy? What could the quid 
pro quo be there? So Putin releases them and helps Donald Trump get elected. Doesn't that mean that Donald Trump owes Putin a favor? What's he going to give Putin? Ukraine? Latvia? Estonia? Poland? What's the quid pro quo? What do you think is the quid pro quo? Donald Trump is asking a favor of our greatest enemy. It's not a favor like reduce nuclear weapons or stop the Syrian genocide or rein in Iran. It's not where Russia and America have joint interests. That's a different kind of favor. He's asking for a personal favor. He's asking for Russia to help him get elected. What do you think Putin will demand in return? It's a deal. Putin's a deal maker. Trump's a deal maker. Putin doesn't just act. I mean, obviously he gets a big benefit because if Hillary Clinton isn't president, Putin can get away with a lot more. Hillary Clinton has been very tough on Vladimir Putin. Frankly, arguably tougher than Obama when it comes to issues like Ukraine. So he gets rid of a tough critic and he puts in a stooge what do you think he'll demand of Trump? Let me know. 888-48-MARK, 888-48-6275. I do want to get back to Old Faithful, Michael from the Bronx. He was telling us a story about uh, him and the conservative talk radio. Go for it, Michael. Hey, thanks, Mark. So yesterday, on the DNC, as you're well aware, and many are aware, amongst the speakers were the Mothers for Movement. These are African-American moms who have lost their children to police violence and or race, racial gun violence. You know, there are two mothers, two children that uh, were killed by pretty much racist but non-police, like George, the George Zimmerman. Um, Trayvon Martin, situation. yeah, murdered by George and, Zimmerman. Yeah, and another person, I can't remember his name. I saw Trayvon Martin's mother. Um, I saw... Yeah, I saw Trayvon Martin's mother along. She was one of about uh, 10, right. 10 women, 10 black women, talking about their sons who'd been murdered by either police or by racists like George Zimmerman. Yep. And I thought it was a very, very powerful speech she gave. All right, now, here, now here's the gist of it. This particular conservative talk show host, um, I won't uh, mention his name if you don't want me to, but he's um, a person of color like I am. And he's going to say that it's not about race. And furthermore, he says he thinks the DNC is being unfair because uh, for not having any police officers speaking at the helm, just like these ladies are. They just well, you, you so know what? Scared. You know what? The ladies, first of all, spoke eloquently. They said, I forget yeah. which mother said it, said that the vast majority of police are not racist, but we want to stop the ones that are. And I thought Bill Clinton very clearly said at the end of his speech that black well, lives matter and blue lives matter. And frankly, we shouldn't be setting one against the other. I pointed that out as well, and I also stated that had that been equal accountability right from the beginning, then you wouldn't have certain individuals feeling like they, they wind up snapping and feeling like they have to take matters into their own hands because of a corrupt system. Now, I also pointed out that, you know, this was the ladies' moment to have a voice. So far, so often, the right-wingers with even giving direction to police officers, always shutting down Black Lives Matter or other peaceful protests with some staged violence or some um, cooped-up excuse to shut it down just to silence 
um, the critics. These ladies have not taken part in any kind of protests or marches or anything like no, that. No, no, no. They just and, talked about their sons and in a very and eloquent way. And by the way, folks, you can find that PBS has links to all the great speeches that DNC. But one about. more thing, you should watch that real quick. Yeah. And to set the record straight, the police, either through by themselves or through representation, already had a voice at the RNC, and the RNC never extended the same courtesy to the victims of police brutality. And you're, so you're right, you're right, Michael. But actually, I would go farther. There were police up there. There were people who were 9-11 first responders that Hillary Clinton right. helped save. Uh, and they were there. Uh, so we, I think there's been a, a big mix of people up there at the DNC. Thanks for your call, Absolutely. Michael. I appreciate it. Let me go to Manny in Massachusetts on line three. Manny, welcome to the show. Yeah, you were asking yourself, uh, when was the last time that uh, something like this happened where uh, uh, somebody interfered with our politics? And, yeah, uh, well, 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 but here's the thing. I, I know foreign powers have intervened in our politics. I just can't recall a time when a presidential candidate has asked them to intervene in our politics. But but go ahead. Reagan. When, Reagan, when did, Reagan, Reagan did it. Do? Reagan did it when uh, the, uh, Iran had uh, hostages. And he was running against Carter. And he told them that if you hold the hostages for a few more days... Mm. You will get a, a better deal for me, and he sold them arms. You know, it's interesting. I don't know that it's proven that Reagan asked them to delay their release. Is, is I, I I know there there's some people who think so, and obviously they didn't release the hostages till the right after Reagan became president, and they did it clearly to embarrass Jimmy Carter. But that was more about the time of the inauguration. It wasn't so much about the election. Is there any evidence that Reagan said prior to the election? Don't release them. It'll harm me in the election. See, that's what uh, I don't know. I haven't heard that. But if you know some information, let me know. No, it wasn't proven. But from what I heard, um, Carter really worked out a deal with the... Uh, well, no, that, that, uh, no, he did work it out. He did work it out. But that was all around the inauguration day, uh, not the election day. What's interesting to me is this seems to go much further. We have the former Bush NSC official, William and Bowden, who said, quote, it's tantamount to treason. You have um, Mike Pence uh, talks uh, about consequences if Russia hacked the email. Now, that's interesting because Mike Pence, of course, is his vice presidential nominee, right? And Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House, has called on, quote, global menace Russia to, quote, stay out of this election, unquote. So it sounds to me like everyone in the Republican Party, which makes sense because I, I listen, the Republican Party I disagree with all the time, but I don't usually think of them as treasonous. Everyone in the Republican Party is saying to Donald Trump, shut the F up, because including his vice presidential candidate and Speaker Paul Ryan are saying stop encouraging Russia to intervene in our election. This is becoming a really big story. And not only that, um, it's, it's funny that our side will not scream, lock them up, lock them up, lock them right, up. That's right, if that's right, that's right. If it was Hillary, they'll, they'll, they'll be doing investigations and trying to lock her up automatically. Well, as one of my callers pointed out, if a naturalized immigrant said this kind of thing, wouldn't they be investigated by the FBI? It's a mm-hmm. fair question. Thanks for your call, Manny. I appreciate Thank it. You. Folks, there's still time for one more segment, 888-488-MARK, 888-488-6275. I'll be right back after this. He's a Bible-quoting, Constitution-loving, flag-waving, red-blooded, liberal American. He's Mark Levine. Give him a call now at 888-488-MARK. 
That's 888-488-6275. I'll get to in a second. But before, I just want to leave you. I, I don't think we, we, we earlier played some snippets of Michelle Obama's speech. I want you to get the full force of it. If you didn't hear it, this is one of the best speeches. It, th- no, not. This is the single best speech so far I've heard this year. Listen as she talks about what Hillary Clinton is about, what this country is about. We just heard uh, Old Faithful Michael from the Bronx talk about blue lives and black lives. Listen to how she talks about both the police and the protester. Listen as she talks about that glass ceiling. I found this, the last five minutes or so of her speech, to be one of the most inspiring things I've ever heard. Hillary understands that the president is about one thing and one thing only. It's about leaving something better for our kids. That's how we've always moved this country forward, by all of us coming together on behalf of our children. Folks who volunteer to coach that team, to teach that Sunday school class, because they know it takes a village. Heroes of every color and creed who wear the uniform and risk their lives to keep passing down those blessings of liberty. Police officers and the protesters in Dallas who all desperately want to keep our children safe. People who lined up in Orlando to donate blood because it could have been their son, their daughter in that club. Leaders like Tim Kaine. (laughs) Who show show our kids what decency and devotion look like. Leaders like Hillary Clinton, who has the guts and the grace to keep coming back and putting those cracks in that highest and hardest glass ceiling until she finally breaks through, lifting all of us along with her. That is the story of this country, the story that has brought me to this stage tonight, the story of generations of people who felt the lash of bondage, the shame of servitude, the sting of segregation, but who kept on striving and hoping and doing what needed to be done so that today I wake up every morning in a house that was built by slaves. watch my daughters, two beautiful, intelligent black young women, playing with their dogs on the White House lawn. And and because of Hillary Clinton, my daughters and all our sons and daughters 
now take for granted that a woman can be President of the United States. anyone ever tell you that this country isn't great, that somehow we need to make it great again, because this right now is the greatest country on earth. And as my, my daughters prepare to set out into the world, I want a leader who is worthy of that truth a leader who is worthy of my girl's promise and all our kids' promise, a leader who will be guided every day by the love and hope and impossibly big dreams that we all have for our children. So in this election, we cannot sit back and hope that everything works out for the best. We cannot afford to be tired or frustrated or cynical. No, hear me. Between now and November, we need to do what we did eight years ago and four years ago. That we need to knock on every door. We need to get out every vote. We need to pour every last ounce of our passion and our strength and our love for this country into electing Hillary Clinton as president of the United States of America. So let's get to work. Let's get to work, folks. Let's get to work. Don't let anyone ever tell you that this country is not great, that somehow we need to make it great again, because this right now is the greatest country on earth. This is the story of this country. Every day, Michelle Obama wakes up in a house that was built by slaves. And as she watches her daughters, two beautiful, intelligent black young women, play with the dog on the White House lawn. What an image. Because of Hillary Clinton, her daughters and all of our sons and daughters now take for granted that a woman can be president of the United States. I don't know about you, that sends chills up my spine. It tells you of the promise of America. If we have come this far and we have come this far, how much farther can we go? For all those that would lose hope in the land of hate and fear that Donald Trump brings up, just a reminder of how far we've come that on the White House lawn, a house built by slaves, two young, intelligent black women play with a dog because their father is president of the United States. It's beautiful. Got time for one more call. I'll go to Reggie from Georgia on line one. Hey, Reggie, how are you? Happy hump day to you too, Mark. Uh, Why do you have people like us such as, uh, you know, Bill O'Reilly and Rush Limbaugh saying that Michelle Obama needs to get over slavery? And then you have somebody on Fox saying that Donald Trump was just joking about the Russian thing. Well, you know, I don't know why 
people don't want to talk about slavery. Frankly, I thought Michelle Obama told us exactly how to talk about slavery. It's right. well, it's not there anymore, and we should we should recognize how far we've come. That we still have problems. God knows, Black Lives Matter and shootings and everything. But we we I think the fact that we've come so far right. reminds us that we America does change, and it does change for the better. And things do get better, and things can get better. And over the next hundred years, it can get much much better and instead of us going back to hate and fear and let's make america great again and my question for donald trump that no one asks him is hey donald when was america great you said you want to make america great again when was it great the 1950s perhaps when jim crow laws were still in effect the 1980s when ronald reagan was destroying unions and destroying working people's wages when was america great right and what they're afraid to ask him because they're scared of him they know they can't stop this man. They're afraid that they, if they ask him any questions like that, they'll lose access to him. They well, and he said that. He said if you right. ask me tough questions, he said that at the Washington Post, I'll deny you access. But right. I think there are intrepid reporters out there. Someone needs to get to Jake Tapper. He's an intrepid reporter. And ask Donald a very simple question. It's his slogan. So he must have thought about it. It's on all his hats. Make America great again. The word again is very clear. It says America is not great now. We're no good now, but we once were great. And the question for Donald Trump is when was that great age? Because I would argue America has always been great, but there have been greater times than others. And I'd like to know what Donald Trump thinks was those great times. I think it would be a great question for him. I got to go now. Thanks for the call, Reggie. Thank you, everyone who called in over the last three hours. This show will be posted on my website at marklevingtalk.com. I'm going to be on Fox News tonight, late at night, after 1 a.m. Eastern Time, and then back tomorrow for three more full hours of Democratic National Convention coverage. Don't miss it. Same time, same place, tomorrow. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love.